0: check out my new book, Coping Courageously, a heart-centered guide for navigating a loved one's illness without losing yourself. It's appropriate for you as a clinician, for your patients, and for anyone you know who has a seriously ill loved one or an aging parent. Check it out and tell a friend. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast, where we help physicians and other clinicians master the art of integrative symptom management so they can wholeheartedly care for themselves as they expertly care for their patients. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast. I'm Dr. Delia Karamonti, and today we are going to talk about a topic that I know every single doctor faces, and there's practitioners and PAs and chaplains and social workers and everybody else in the medical system, and that is how to give great care, the kind of care that you're proud of. When you don't have much time, when you have too many patients to see and your visits can't be as long as you want them to be, there's this constant tension that we all face in practice, right, between the time we want to dedicate to our patients and the time that is allotted to us, or the time that we can spend knowing how much Paperwork there is, and pre authorizations you have to do, and documentation, et cetera, et cetera. So, this tension is constant between the amount of time patients want from you and you want to give them, and the amount of time that you have. So, what can we do about it? Is it hopeless? No, (laughs) it's not hopeless. It's not ideal. And of course, there's nothing that I can say that's going to make a 10 minute visit into a 45 minute visit. But there are some things that we can do that really can make a difference. And the thing that I think is most important is not to get to this place where we feel like, well, I don't have time. So I can't get into any of the important issues because I just don't have time. And I saw actually uh, a comment from a physician recently who basically said that like, yes, that topic that you're talking about is important to deal with, but I just never have time. So I can't deal with it at all. And part of what I want us to think about today is that there are ways that we can do something rather than nothing. So Let's talk about eight things that we can do that make a short visit seem longer, make the patient feel cared for, make us proud of how we're delivering care, even in a short period of time. Eight things. Okay, the first one is to make the patient feel seen and heard. So one way to make someone feel heard is to listen to them for 45 minutes. But if you don't have that amount of time, there are other things that you can do. But ideally, it's intentional. So I, I totally get it. I was a practicing family doctor for a while, seeing 30 patients a day. I know how hard this is. It's very easy and tempting, and you can get into the habit of just kind of zooming into the room, sitting down at the computer, starting to take a history. So, you know, hi, welcome. What can I do for you today? Looking right at the computer screen and typing because you're trying to be efficient. I totally get it. But when we do that, the patients don't feel seen and heard. And sometimes when they they get the vibe right away that we're disconnected, they actually talk more they tell more stories they're trying to get us engaged so if right from the beginning we can make it really clear that we see them we're with them we're engaged with them not only do they feel better but it actually can make the visit go better so how do we do that eye contact is important it doesn't have to be long I know you have to look at the computer in order to type, but even if it's like 20 seconds when you first sit down, that you look at them, you you have eye contact, you really engage with them, they see that you see them, then if you have to go onto the computer, it's totally fine. But don't miss that part. It's really important. The other is getting down on their eye level. So if you're seeing a patient in the hospital, pulling up a chair if you can, or asking permission to sit on the bed, getting down closer to their eye level can help. Lean your body forward. Things that you would do if you were talking to a friend and you were showing, I'm really listening to you, I really, I care about you and I want to hear what you have to say, you wouldn't look away and stand up when the person was sitting. You would sit down, have some kind of eye contact, lean your body forward. And then if emotional things do come up, if the patient starts crying or or talks about something that's emotionally difficult, even though it's hard, do pull yourself away from the computer screen and look them in the eye, even if it's again for 10 or 20 seconds. It just shows them that you have registered that something emotional happened. So that's one, make them feel seen and heard basically with your presence, your healing presence, your body language, your eye contact. Number two, try to get on their side and see it kind of like time or the system is a common enemy. Just even saying things like, gosh, I wish we had more time to chat today, but we only have X minutes scheduled for today makes it like you both, you and the patient both wish you had more time. And it's the system that makes it so you don't have time because otherwise the patient can feel like you're the one who doesn't want to spend the time with them. When in fact, it's true that you do want to spend the time with them, but because of the way the system works, you just can't. So try to put yourself on the side of the patient against the, the clock, basically. And don't ever say, if you can help it, I have to go have other patients to see. That's really a trigger for patients to feel like you don't care about them. So even if you say, I'm so sorry, we're out of time. We do need to close this up. That's perfectly fine. But don't say, uh, I'm sorry, we have to close this up. I have other patients to see. From the patient perspective, that's a hugely different interaction. And it can make them feel like you care more about other patients than them. That's true. Get on their side. Number three is, particularly for patients who you know often take up a lot of time, telling them right from the beginning how much time you have can be really helpful. You know, just even when you start saying, okay, so today we have about 15 minutes or today we have 10 minutes or I only have 10 minutes today seeing you in the hospital. Whatever it is, tell them up front how much time you have because it helps them to judge how they're going to talk to you. When we don't do that and patients just start talking, They sometimes can feel really shocked when we're like, okay, that's all the time we have. They were kind of getting warmed up and maybe there's other things that they want to talk about. So if you tell them right up front how much time you have, they can judge better how to communicate with you. And then number four is related. Agree on a plan in advance with the patient based on how much time you have. So you would put those two things together. You could say, today we have about 15 minutes. I want to be sure that we talk about how your pain is being managed. What do you want to be sure that we cover? so that both of you know right up front what you're going to talk about and then then you can manage the timing of the visit better this makes it much more likely that both the patient is going to feel cared for because they'll get their stuff in they'll they'll be able to talk about the things that matter to them but also it will be better for you because you're much more likely to get out of the room on time, not get behind over and over and over so that you're doing tons of work from home or or you know when you should, you want to be home, but you're at the office really late. So think about how much time you have for this patient interaction, whether it's an outpatient setting where it's actually scheduled or the inpatient setting where you're judging how many other patients you have to see. Tell the patient right up front, we have X amount of time. Here's what I want to cover. What would you like to cover today? And number five is the reason I chose this topic today, because I mentioned that I heard from another physician, oh, I know I should talk about those things, but I don't have any time in the hospital, so I can't talk about those things with a patient. And so number five is to mention time-consuming topics if they're appropriate, even if you don't have the time to delve deeply into them. Because I think what happens often, like it did for this doctor that I'm, I mentioned before, is instead of delving deeply because there's no time, we do nothing. And there is a place between nothing and spending 20 minutes talking about a particular topic. So you could say something like, hey, I wanted to mention that some people facing cancer treatment have concerns about sex or physical intimacy. If this is something on your mind We can schedule some time to chat about it, or you could raise it with your oncologist or your primary care doctor. I wish I had more time to talk about it right now. Unfortunately, I don't, but I wanted you to know that this is common and it is important to address. So rather than not mentioning it at all, you can mention it, say that it's important, that you recognize that it's important, and then suggest some way for the patient to get their needs met, either to bring it up with somebody else or to arrange a time for you to come back or to schedule another appointment to specifically talk about that. So whatever it is, the topic that you're thinking, oh, I wish I had time to address that, but I just don't, I would really encourage you to think of a one or two liner where you can validate that this is important for the patient, mention that you see them and you see it's important, even if you're going to have to say, but right now I don't have time to talk about it, but how about we schedule a time to talk about it? Or how about we find someone that you can talk to about that important thing? Number six is know when you should interrupt and then use reflective listening. Now, of course, I have to say right from the beginning, physicians get ragged on all the time that we interrupt. There are statistics that people talk, I think, for 11 seconds before we interrupt them. I'm not saying that. In the beginning, when we first say, how can I help you? It's good to give people a little time to share what's on their mind. But if we don't develop skills in interrupting people Kindly and appropriately and then using reflective listening right after that, then people may just keep talking, telling stories, taking up the time, and then not have the time to really address what they thought was important. So it's actually, even though it seems like it would be kind to let people just talk as much as they want. The fact is we're not going to let them talk as much as we want, and we want to give them the chance to talk about what's really important to them. So the time to interrupt is when you're not getting new information. Sometimes people will tell a story and they're trying to communicate something to you, like, you know, I have a lot of pain in the daytime. And they may tell you about yesterday and they may tell you about the day before. and They may tell you about last week. But the message, if you're getting that the message is the same, that they're sleeping okay, but they're having pain in the day, they don't need to tell you about day number four. You already got it. So that would be a time to politely interrupt. You could say, okay, wait, hang on one second and then use reflective listening. Okay, hang on one second. What I think I heard is that your pain is controlled at night, but not in the daytime. Did I get that right? And if they say, yes, that's exactly right. Now you've saved everybody some time. They don't have to tell you about day number four and day number five where that same pattern repeated because you got it. And then you checked with them. Did I get it? And they say, yes, you got it. Okay. So now you saved some time to actually talk about the things that you and they want to talk about. So- Know when to interrupt, but when you do it, use reflective listening so that the person doesn't focus primarily on being interrupted, but they focus more on being heard. Because if you stop them and then you say, this is what I heard, did I get that right? And they say yes, then they feel heard. They feel like, okay, I tried to communicate something. The doctor heard it. They reflected back. I know they understood. Even though you're interrupting, that generally moves the conversation forward and makes the person feel listened to. Number six is if you can, schedule some follow-up time to get back to some of the crucial topics. So if you know that the patient wants to talk about something, and but you don't think it's a life-threatening thing that has to be discussed right now, you can say something to the effect of, I think this topic really deserves more time. I don't want to rush it. So let's schedule a time that we can talk about just this. If it's in the outpatient setting, you could schedule another appointment. If it's in the inpatient setting, hopefully you can find a time in the next day or two to come back and chat with them about it. Or if you have a resident or a medical student, you might send them back to specifically talk about that. If that's your plan, of course, mention that to the patient. You could say, I'm going to have my resident or fellow come back and spend some time with you to talk about just that. They'll run it by me and we'll make sure that we figure out you know, how to help you with this thing that you're having concerns about. So number seven is schedule some sort of follow-up time to get back to a, a topic that's important to the patient that you don't have time to talk about right now. And then number eight is the same as number one, which is make the person feel seen and heard again. So even if you've been typing on the computer for this whole time, stop at the very end of the visit, use your eye contact, use body language, sum up the visit. Okay, this is what we talked about. This is what the plan is. Is that what you understood? So that, again, the person feels seen and heard. So if you start the visit with them feeling seen and heard and you end the visit with them feeling seen and heard, it takes away some of the sting of you having to be on the computer or, or charting during the time that you're in. With the patient themselves. Okay, so here's my eight. Number one, make the patient feel seen and heard. Number two, get on their side against the common enemy of time. Number three, tell them how much time you have with them. And number four is right after you talk about how much time you have, you're going to agree on a plan in advance. So we have X minutes today. This is what I want to talk about. What do you want to make sure we talk about? Number five, is when it's appropriate, mention the time-consuming things that might be scaring you, even if you don't have to dive deep, just to show the patient, I get it that this is important. I wish we had more time right now, but here's what I recommend for you or when I'm going to come back so we can talk about it more. Number six is use strategic interruption followed right away by reflective listening. Number seven, schedule a time to get back to really important issues, either with a follow-up appointment or someone else to come talk to the patient or you to come later in the day or another day. And number eight, same as number one, make sure the patient feels seen and heard with your eye contact, your body language, etc. What did I miss? So let me know. You can find me all over the place. You can email me through the website. You can find me on LinkedIn. Let me know if there are any things that I missed. And uh, if there are a bunch of them, I'll do another episode and add those in. If you know a clinician who might be interested in this topic of integrative palliative medicine, please do let them know about this podcast. I really want to spread the word. It would help me so much, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by the Integrative Palliative Institute. Visit our website, integrativepalliative.com. There you can access physician and clinician training, well-being coaching, free downloads, and other cool stuff. And feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn and share your favorite episode with a friend.